the Bible Study Podcast, episode 251. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 2 Samuel with chapter 9. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. This week, we continue on with the study of 2 Samuel, and again, these six good chapters, and we wrap these up this week. Next week, we got trouble. But first, 2 Samuel 9. David asked, Is there anyone left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David, and the king asked, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, He is at the house of Machir, son of Amiel in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar from the house of Machir, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, At your service, he replied, Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore you to all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops, so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at King David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all of the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth, and Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. So besides the fact that this is just a challenging chapter because I have to say Mephibosheth more than one time, this chapter really just deals with when things are going well for David, David doesn't just remember himself. He is generous. He remembers those who have been good to him, or in this case, since he can't be good to Jonathan, who he had sworn an oath to, and Jonathan, who had protected him, he goes and he searches to find someone who he can lavish his favor on, someone from Saul's family. Remember, this is Saul who is after David's life much of his time, but it's also Saul, the father of Michael, who saved David, and also Saul, the father of Jonathan, who saved David, and Jonathan, who was like a brother to David. And so this son of Jonathan becomes like a son of David. And This is, again, showing us that in this time period here, where David is faithful to God, David is a very good king. He is going out of his way to be good. He is going out of his way to be kind and to remember those who have been good to him. And that's a good model for us, obviously, too, is to think of all the people who have been a blessing to us and to go out of our way to return that blessing to them. And I think David sets a really great model for us here. And then again, we get one more chapter here, chapter 10 of things going well for David before they all go downhill next week. Second Samuel 10, David defeats the Ammonites. In the course of time, the king of the Ammonites died, and his son Hanun succeeded him as king. David thought, I will show kindness to Hanun, son of Nahash, just as his father showed kindness to me. So David sent a delegation to express his sympathy to Hanun concerning his father. 
When David's men came to the land of the Ammonites, the Ammonite commanders said to Hanan their lord, Do you think David is honoring your father by sending envoys to you to express sympathy? Hasn't David sent them to you only to explore the city and spy it out and overthrow it? So Hanan seized David's envoys, shaved off half of each man's beard, cut off their garments at the buttocks, and sent them away. When David was told about this, he sent messengers to meet the men, for they were greatly humiliated. The king said, Stay at Jericho till your beards have grown, and then come back. When the Ammonites realized that they had become obnoxious to David, they hired 20,000 Aramean foot soldiers from Beth Rehob and Zobah, as well as the king of Makkah with a thousand men, and also 12,000 men from Tob. On hearing this, David sent Joab out with the entire army of fighting men. The Ammonites came out and drew up in a battle formation at the entrance of their city gate, while the Arameans of Zobah and Rehob and the men of Tob and Makkah were by themselves in the open country. Joab saw that there were battle lines in front of him and behind him, so he selected some of the best troops in Israel and deployed them against the Arameans. He put the rest of the men under the command of Abishai, his brother, and deployed them against the Ammonites. Joab said, If the Arameans are too strong for me, then you will come to my rescue. But if the Ammonites are too strong for you, then I will come to rescue you. Be strong and let us fight bravely for our people and the cities of our God. The Lord will do what is good in his sight. Then Joab and the troops with him advanced to fight the Arameans, and they fled before him. When the Ammonites realized that the Arameans were fleeing, they fled before Abishai and went inside the city. So Joab returned from fighting the Ammonites and came to Jerusalem. After the Arameans saw that they had been routed by Israel, they regrouped. Hadadezer had Arameans brought from beyond the Euphrates River. They went to Helam with Shobak, the commander of Hadadezer's army, leading them. When David was told of this, he gathered all Israel, crossed the Jordan, and went to Helam. The Arameans formed their battle lines to meet David and fought against him. But they fled before Israel, and David killed 700 of their charioteers and 40,000 of their foot soldiers. He also struck down Shobak, the commander of their army, and he died there. When all the kings who were vassals of Hadadezer saw that they had been routed by Israel, they made peace with the Israelites and became subject to them. So the Arameans were afraid to help the Ammonites any more. And again, in this time period, everything is going well for David as long as he is remembering God. But in this particular case, it seems like the new king of the Ammonites had missed something. He'd missed the previous chapter. He had missed that David was someone who really did go out of his way to be kind to those who were kind to him, to remember with kindness those who had been good to him. And so he sends his men off on a honest mission to just show kindness to the son of someone who is kind to him, and instead they are insulted. They're half their beard shaved off and their clothes cut off at their buttocks and sent away in disgrace. That is not the way to treat David. That is not the way to treat the Israelites, especially at this time. This is a time in the Israelite history and a brief period of time when they're undefeatable. Their armies are winning victories everywhere in the region, and people are becoming more and more subject to them. And the Ammonites fight this battle that they don't need to fight. They weren't enemies. They weren't being oppressed. They were really just being shown kindness, but they mistook it. And I wonder how many times we read into someone's behavior the wrong intent. And in this case, Hanan really screws up as king. He gets tens of thousands of people killed because he is rash. He gets tens of thousands of people killed, and his people's stature lessened because he didn't realize that David was honestly showing him favor. Not a good day as a king. And again, 
This has been a great time period, these last six chapters. I hope you have appreciated them. I hope you have savored them while everything is going right. David is doing the right things. Joab and his brother are leading the army with valor, and they're relying on God, and everything is going well. And next chapter, it all changes. So come back next week when we look at that. If you have any comments on this episode, you can send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hey, Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take. But I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.